1: This is 1059 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif.
2: Good morning, Tina.
1: How about we start this morning with an August sales update? What can you tell us?
2: Typically, August is one of the slowest months uh, in the calendar year for real estate sales. And if you look at what August uh, delivered in 2020, we had 1,933 sales. This year for August, we're going to end up at a more typical number for August. We're going to end up with just over 1,500 sales. And just to put that in perspective, in 2019, which was a normal year, we had 1,412 sales. So we're going to end up right around that mark. So it looks like uh, August has delivered uh, as usual.
1: And what about in terms of inventory? What can you tell us? Well,
2: inventory, that's where the big issue uh, is taking place right now. We have 1,730 homes on the market in New York Region. And to put that into perspective, last year, we were short on inventory. But we had 3,763 homes on the market in August of 2020. That's about a two-month supply. Going back a year, we had almost three months of inventory. We had 4,138 homes on the market So what we're seeing right now in terms of inventory, this is what's driving the multiple offers and the bidding wars. We don't have enough product to sell.
1: You mention often on this show months of inventory. What exactly does that mean? Months
2: of inventory is if no other houses come on the market and we're selling at the same pace that we have been selling at, we will be out of houses in that many months. So right now, if we're selling just over 1,500 homes and we have just over 1,700 homes on the market, we will be out of inventory in a month. So that is why people are seeing the huge price appreciation. Uh, You know, if we had more supply, we would be able to deliver to more people and that would calm the prices down because then people have a choice. But right now, the home that they're looking at is the one that they need to purchase. And there's about four, five, six, sometimes 15, 20 other people looking at that same
1: home. Wow. And I guess those properties are not staying on the market very long. They're not. And, and that's, the, that's the key here is
2: it's not that we have zero inventory. The fact is the inventory that's coming on the market is being absorbed right away. So we're seeing anything that comes on the market is selling. And if it's not selling, if it's sitting around there's something wrong with price, condition, or accessibility. If everything is great on those three fronts, then the house will sell quick.
1: And if our listeners, you know, right now are thinking about selling, you would say now is definitely the time, right?
2: It really is. And and so for the listeners, just to clarify something, when the numbers come out in the first week of September and they start talking about August sales in York Region or even across the GTA it's gonna be a lot slower than it was last year at this time. However, York Region, listen to these numbers. In all of 2020, York Region sold 16,571 homes. Year to date right now, York Region has sold 96.59. So, I mean, if, if you're looking at taking those numbers and extrapolating them, we'll end up with about 20,000 sales in York Region. For 2021. And uh, if you're looking at the 2019 totals, we only sold 15,428 homes in York Region during the entire year. So right now, uh, August 2020, we're sitting at 15,780 sales. We'll probably end up at about uh, 19,000 for the year. So it's going to be a pretty active year.
1: So where do we go from here? Will prices continue to appreciate then? They will. Uh, I, I mean, if you're looking at if
2: you're looking at the inventory, Tina, and, and you're looking at uh, the number of people, the sheer demand that's out there, and also factoring in that the foreign buyers have not come into the market. This is all domestic, and if we factor all of those three things in, the market is going to continue to be hot in New York Region, and. The multiple offer scenarios, until we get more inventory, they're going to continue and the price appreciation is going to continue as well.
1: But there are those listeners out there who are concerned about affordability. What do you want to say to them?
2: It's a genuine concern. And, you know, this is something that we need to lobby the government. Uh, your your MPs on is to come up with an affordable housing plan, which includes the the basic fact that the builders need to build more homes and the municipalities have to you know lessen the burden on them to get their building permits and, and get building going if you think about what markham is doing right now there's a 25 percent reduction in their park levy fees for builders which is a huge reduction and that's going to get builders to say hey okay we're ready to build now we don't have to come up with you know a hundred percent of this capital that we need to give back for parkland park space we can actually do that with 75% now so let's get these projects going and you're going to start to see developers in Markham start to build more and more over the next year or so because they're going to take advantage of this break that the uh, city of Markham is giving them.
1: So you don't see a cool down coming at all? I don't because there's no catalyst for Tina unless we have even
2: if interest rates go up a quarter point a half a point three quarters of a point it's not enough to cool the market down you need drastic increases in interest rates and the government is not going to allow that because the housing market is driving the economy right now it's the financial engine for Canada and the government knows that uh, each housing sale puts you know 60 or 70 thousand dollars into the economy from spin-off business so everyone knows that the housing market is driving the economy and keeping us going right now so there's not going to be any catalyst Uh, you know we were talking last year at this time that there may be significant impacts from the huge job losses or even you know the mortgage deferrals coming to an end none of that happened because the demand is far outweighing supply right now and people need a place to live
1: And you talked about the cost of borrowing. Do you think that there will be an increase or do you think it's going to stay relatively the same?
2: I do foresee an increase maybe of a quarter point or so, but it's not going to be significant enough to cool the market down or to have any negative implications on affordability. There's, uh, you know, the, the government has been really good in implementing the new stress test guidelines. So people are qualifying for higher interest rates already. So even if the interest rate goes up a little bit, they've already qualified for that. They, they're ready to be able to handle that.
1: Your final thoughts in terms of anyone selling now or buying now? I think if you're
2: selling now, this is a great time to get on the market. I would probably wait until after Labor Day and maybe around September 15th or so to hit the market because then people will be back into the swing, their their routine, and they'll be uh, getting back out there to look for houses. If you're buying, this is a cool little window for you to jump in because there's not a lot of competition out there. People take the last uh, week of August, first week of September off. They spend time with their kids. They get ready for school. So you may not have as much competition as you would in a couple of
1: weeks. And do you think that folks will wait till after the election on September 20th, or do you think it will remain as it is now? I think it'll remain as it is. I think it's a little bit
2: different here than it is in the states where everything stops and people are seeing what's going to happen with the election. And and I think the reasoning behind the election being called, you know, there's, there's so many different things. There's not a huge difference in terms of what either party would do or or any of the three parties would do in terms of the housing market. So I don't see it affecting uh, much of the real estate industry at all.
1: After the break, a coach for agents. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with
0: us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: On the Market is back. I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's only radio real estate show, over to my co-host, Asif Khan, from REMAX Prime Properties with today's guest, Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us today is Doug Hannon. Doug is a coach with Tom Ferry
2: International, the largest coaching company for realtors in the world. Doug, welcome to On the Market. Thanks for having me. Doug, you've been around the industry for a long time, 30 years about, right? Yep, 1999. That's amazing. Doug, you've seen a lot of different markets. You've seen a lot of different transitions. How has it been for you and, and your advice to your coaching clients over the pandemic? As far as what's going to be happening to the market? Is that your question? As far as what they've been through and uh, what's going to be happening, what, what they can look forward to? Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, we, uh, any buyers that are out there and any agents that could be listening there obviously understand that, that we've been dealing with a, a severe shortage of supplies in the DTA. And it's, it's the same, uh, you know, basically across North America with very few exceptions and where we've got, you know, very few homes for sale, a backlog of buyers looking to buy, you know, it's obviously created some um, situations which have been stressful for many buyers and also the prices have been coming up. And that, you know, uh, nothing that we can see or forecast is showing that anything could be happening much differently than what we've got going on. That, um, you know, there's, there's nothing that could cause us to believe that the, The inventory is going to be increasing. The sequentiality of these days is that people seem to be staying in their homes longer. Ten plus years is the average these days, really quite something. And and the general perception out there is that there is no inventory. And you made a great point offline where you said it's not that there's no inventory, it's that the inventory is not lasting. Is that right across North America? Yeah, I mean, it's not, yeah, you're right. It's not that there's nothing for sale, it's just it comes and it goes. Comes and it goes, and the good stuff goes very quickly. And if there's, you know, the, the, there's there's the inventory, then there's a the real inventory. You know, if the inventory is low, the real inventory is super super low because you know there are some things that are sitting on the market, but typically there's a there's a challenge with it, which you know, oftentimes is the price that they're asking. And we're a little bit spoiled in the GTA where we expect homes to sell within seven or ten days and you were talking about uh, some of the maritime provinces where things would sit around for a year, a year and a half. How quickly are those homes selling now for them, and you know, what, what are they looking at in terms of months of inventory? Well, in, uh, i give you an example of a gentleman, I coach in St. John's, Newfoundland. Uh, they, they were sitting on approximately two years' worth of inventory. Uh, we started working together a little over a year ago, and it gradually improves. Well, now they're, they're probably sitting on about a six- or seven-month inventory, which <laughs> the GTA will be like, oh, my God, there's lots of houses for sale. But with them, again, the real inventory is super, super low. There's stuff that's sitting that's been on the market for a long time, which you really can't count, but the, the ones that they, they come on the market, they're reasonable properties that are reasonably priced. They don't have to be the best of the best price, but reasonable. They're, you know, they're selling very quickly. And where do you see, you know, with with the market increasing and and affordability decreasing, where do you see people moving to in the GTA and and where do you think this will end up? How was it 30 years ago when York Region was first being, uh, you know, put on the map with a lot of development? Are there similar areas that you see up and coming similar to where York Region was about 30 years ago? Uh, I, I believe, just from my, my own experience with my son, looking in with some clients that I'm working with in the area, that you know, Durham region is is super hot. Um, you know, Oshawa, which you know you know, has really become attractive, and I think is on the cusp of turning from, in some people's minds, maybe a not so attractive place to live to a very attractive place to live in the future with, you know, the new GO train line coming in. You can. Like in Oshawa, for instance, you can shorten drive at the GO station. where you're off. You're working right downtown, where, you know, if you get out to the other areas, that could be a, a super big challenge. So there's that. I mean, obviously, people are going west too, and uh, even you know, it's interesting now, us that, you know, I've got I've got my cottage in, in the courses, and knowing some people in the courses, is that their people are moving out that way, and with the new 407 all the way to 11535 they for people to drive. And plus, the other factor, too, man, is that some people are just realizing, hey, they don't have to go in the office every day, so they can go further and further. And that's been a huge trend, especially people moving to York Region and even to Simcoe County. And mm-hmm. are you seen that again. Is that a trend across North America, or is that a phenomenon that's uh, just kind of reserved for the GTA where – People don't mind moving an, an hour away, or an hour and a half away for more space, more home, more land, just because they have the, you know, they can work from home. They can school from home now. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's basically right across the board. And the one thing about the GTA is that, you know, the one problem is that, you know, you can't go south. because Lake Ontario, as far south as you can go, <laughs> so it's either west or north or east. So we're, we're, we're missing 25% of the equation where a lot of the other areas, they go all the way around. So that's one challenge that we do have. And, Doug, in your 30 years in the industry, 30-plus years in the industry, have you ever seen inventory challenges like the one we're in right now and the appreciation at the level that it's approaching? Never. I mean, the only time that appreciation was at the level of this was back – in the, the you know I, I can't remember what year it was. I mean it was absolutely it's probably the the late 80s. But that was a, a speculative driven market. So Those these are people are going into a new home site and picking up a half a dozen houses and and then you know flipping them before they moved in. That stuff's not going. This is this market is purely driven by wants and needs of people that are living in their homes. You know I don't think there's a ton of perhaps a little bit in the condo market. You know, single-family homes, most people are. It's not like it's an investor-driven market or speculative-driven market. And do you think that moving further and further out is a bit short-sighted? It it works right now with people homeschooling and working from home. But what about when they need to access the downtown services like health care and hospitals? Do you see other areas catching up in terms of those amenities, or, you know, is, is this... A trend that's going to revert back, and people will start moving back to the core. Well, it, it, it could, and you know, that just brought to mind when most of my real estate career was in in the Orangeville area, and back in the back in the 90s and, and the early 2000s, there was a little big migration of people coming up from Mississauga and Brampton, and whatnot, to tons. And and then the challenges that they were having was that they, well, back then there was no hospital; they built a hospital based on demand. But just getting a physician, you know, getting a dentist is no problem. But you know, getting a family doctor, if you move into some of these outlying areas, might be a bit of a challenge. Even when I was, uh, I grew up in in Mississauga, and that's where I started my family too. Is that when we moved to Orangeville, I used to drive from Orangeville down to Clarkson, South Mississauga, to go to my doctor when I had to. But you know, something that we had to put up with. And now you're, you're a coach for agents, and this is, you know, contrary to popular belief, this is a very stressful time for agents because yeah. they may not be able to get buyers into homes and they may be losing out on offer after offer. And your job kind of, you know, encompasses a, a therapeutic element to it for agents. <laughs> yeah. What's happening with agents' mindsets and, and how do you handle that? Well, yeah, as, a, as the buyers are getting beat up, you know, so are, so are some of the agents. And I think... You know, one one of the challenges may be, and I'm, I'm fortunate that I don't uh, you know, deal with 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 a lot of this, is that uh, for real estate agents that might be working with some of these buyers that are having a tough time right now, that don't have the experience, that, that don't have a mentor, someone to guide them through the process, is that you know if they're if they if they if the real estate agent is 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 unable to do the right things to work with the buyer to get them through this process and sometimes it might be just saying hey look man you cannot afford this home you shouldn't be looking at it even looking at it you know is that you know an agent that can't do that then they're, they're bringing this buyer through the ringer and then the pressure of that buyer being through the ringer can affect the real estate agent too and it's just like then all of a sudden okay we do another offer but let's just throw the offer out just see and wait and see what happens i think it's a big challenge it is and and on the flip side from a public perception you know, there's, uh, there's talk out there that agents can't be trusted. It's all about commission for them. What do you have to say about that, and, and how do you, you know, counter that and explain to people that the agents really do have their best interest in mind? Well, a good agent does have their best interest in mind, and that's where, you know, you want to make sure that you do your research, uh, you know, Pick a, you know, real estate agent that, that, that knows what they're doing. Uh, a bit of experience can be super helpful. You know, if they don't have the experience, if they're a relatively new agent, then if they've got the, the guidance and the mentorship, whether it's through the brokerage or through another agent in the office, someone that can help them help you. So that, that I think, is, is super important. And, uh, you yeah, know, I think that's, it, you know, it, it can be done. It can be done for sure. You know, great, great points, Doug, with uh, choosing an experienced agent, having that mentorship aspect available for agents, and, and also coaching. You know, I've been in coaching all my life. You were uh, my coach for a yeah. large part of that, and yeah. uh, you know, thank you for what you do for yeah. realtors, and in effect, you're actually helping the public by educating oh. and mentoring agents. So thank you very much. Thank you for joining us and for your insight into the market. And we hope to have you on again uh, yeah. for an update on... Up. Yeah. So this is a massive financial decision that these people are going to be making. Uh, you know, you got to make sure that you're doing all the right things and that you're working with the right person. I think it's super important, for sure. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. Have a great day. i got go, to go help some other people. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <That's> awesome. Thanks. <laughs>
1: When we come back, your questions and the hot listing. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market. Time now for our listener questions. And the first one comes from Tim in Unionville. He wants to know if a deposit is required within 24 hours of an offer being accepted, or is there flexibility? Asif, what do you think? Well, Tim, great question. And that's something that has uh, been raised a lot, especially with
2: the uh, you know invention of a deposit rocket, which is a deposit bond which is attached to your offer, so there's lots of different ways that you can structure an offer with the deposit. The deposit is necessary because it's one of the elements to you know complete the contract, so it's part of your consideration and what you're what you're seeing is the uh, the general rule is the deposit has to be submitted within twenty four hours now sometimes people have money in banks that you cannot access within 24 hours, it takes 48 hours or 72 hours, that has to be written into the contract. That may actually put you in a position where you may not get the home because someone else comes in with a deposit submitted along with their offer and that firms up the deal a lot quicker. But if uh, you've know if you got uh, your money tied up, it's best to get it out in advance of putting an offer and have it ready especially if you can't attach it with the offer, to be delivered within 24 hours. A lot of times in multiple offers and bidding war situations, you want to submit the deposit with the offer to give you your best chance. And uh, although in a, a normal market, 24 hours is the norm, right now the norm is to attach it with your offer. And if not, just go to Deposit Rocket and get a deposit bond, and that'll suffice because that is instant as well.
1: So this ties into the idea that you want to go into these offers with no conditions, right? Correct. And you don't have to, going in with no conditions doesn't mean that, uh, you know,
2: you go in blindly, you can do a home inspection before the offer date, you can get pre-approved before the offer date, you can get your deposit uh, ready before the the, uh, offer date. So you want to make sure that what you're doing is setting yourself up to have the best chance to succeed in the bidding war. And this is why we always say it's not necessarily the highest bid that wins the offer. It's the most complete offer. It's the, the complete package in the offer, which includes the deposit.
1: All right. Our next question is from a first-time buyer. Jerry Invaughn wants to know... If a move to a small town is his only way into the housing market, what options does he have in securing the funds needed for a deposit? Well, here we go again. Another deposit question. Asif? Uh,
2: You know, there's lots of, again, if you uh, own a condo or if you own a home or if your parents own a home, you can always use Deposit Rocket uh, to get a deposit bond to submit with your offer. The other thing is RRSPs. A lot of us have RRSPs that you can actually use to purchase your first home. And that has to be repaid over a number of years, but it's available to you to use to get into the home ownership game. As far as where to go, that's the magic question. There's a lot of deals out there, and if you time it properly and, and you come up with the right deal, you don't necessarily have to go into a small town. You may want to adjust some of your expectations for your first home and just get into anything that gets your foot in the door. So it may not be where you want to spend the next 10 years of your life, but it may be where you need to spend a couple of years of your life to start building equity and then use that equity to put into another home and make that transition easier so that you, you know, you get into your dream home or your, your, your fantasy home as quick as possible, because, Sometimes you need to just take that first step, get into something small, even if it's a condo, and you know start your home ownership process that way.
1: Now, you mentioned Deposit Rocket a couple of times. For anyone who missed the show a couple of weeks ago, what can you tell us about it?
2: Deposit Rocket is new. I mean, they've only been uh, around for a few months now, but they really are taking the industry by storm. It makes it a lot easier, especially in the GTA when deposits are hitting $50,000, $70,000, a lot of people do not have that money sitting around, but they do have equity in their homes because their homes have appreciated so much in the greater Toronto area and the surrounding areas. You can actually tap into that because that's your money. It's just hidden money. So why not use a company like Deposit Rocket that will issue a bond that you can attach, and it's actually even safer for the sellers because they're not having to deal with the possibility of fraudulent bank drafts or fraudulent certified checks. This is a secure process. It's insured by Northbridge Insurance, which is one of the largest insurers around, and it's a great way for people to access funds in order to get into home ownership.
1: As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners have more questions and prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that?
2: Tina, they can always get me at 416 985 Con. That's 416 985 5426.
1: Time now for the on the market hot listing. Asif, over to you. Well, speaking
2: of people making the move up north and, and looking for more nature, more land, more home, we've got a great property in the Nature Lovers Paradise called Springwater. This is a brick bungalow, Tina. has four bedrooms total two upstairs, two in the basement, and it sits on an acre of land. Backing on to the Nottawasaga Valley. It is it has endless trails. It's only a few minutes to Snow Valley Resort. So if you're a skier, this is a great place that you want to be in the winter. You've got a great, great home situated on a large lot. It's a it's got a wood stove, it's got hydro, high speed internet, overlooks a running creek. This home has it all in it's situated far enough out that you can enjoy the nature, and at the same time, you're very close to Highway 400, so you can get to the city pretty quick.
1: And a bungalow is always a hot commodity, isn't it? It really is. And when you're thinking about what you can get for $900,000,
2: Tina, this is a no-brainer. I mean, you're, you're paying $900,000 for a two-bedroom condo in the downtown core, whereas for $900,000, you can have the serenity and and the peace and quiet, but at the same time, be connected to the city. You're you know, only a few minutes away from Barrie. You've got Georgian Mall right there. You've got the 400 to access Toronto. It's a great place to be.
1: One more time, the highlights of the property, the list price, and where our listeners can get more information. This
2: is 2521 George Parkway. This is in Springwater, Minnissing, Ontario. And for more information, they can contact Steve Fleming at 905-554-5522, $899,000 for this gorgeous 2 plus 2 bungalow. It's all brick. It's on an
1: acre lot, and it's stunning. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.